This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. The following episode of TOFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Tofop, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson, and we are in the same room, Yeah, in a different part of the country. We have been in the same room, you know, a few times at the end of this year, yeah. which has been quite nice, but we are now in the same room, in a different room. And it feels like the last week before the holiday break, because we're both in shorts, we've got, it's casual day. <laughs> it is. We're extremely casual, it's warm, the, the windows are open, we're not just every, barefoot. Not everyone's in the office anymore. Yeah. There's only like a few staff. We're allowed to still play have to like up until our now. music over the, uh, <laughs> a, over the PA. Yeah, exactly. You can have a beer yeah. in the office. Yeah, right. yeah, we're both definitely in holiday, holiday mode. mode. <laughs> Even the fact that the room we're recording in, because it's uh, you know thirty odd degrees where we are today, and um, there's no air conditioning in my office, and so it's even got that tropical sauna Bikram podcasting vibe to it. Yeah, for some reason I'm reminded of that Forex ad from the '80s where it was like four Australian cricketers on the beach. You know, they're like they've played the Test series now; they're just relaxing on the beach. I think it was like Alan Border and. David Boone or something. I can feel a forex coming, coming on. on. <laughs> That's what this feels like. I can I feel a forex coming on. Forex coming on. Got a taste for it. Just, Just can't, can't wait, wait for it. it. I can feel a forex coming on. Unpaid sponsorship. <laughs> there yeah. you go. There you go. Forex. Send us some. Some better beer. Some better beer. Can, send us, can you get Furphy to send us some beer? You know what? What we wanted from you guys was a slab of 4X, but we'll settle for 12 Furphy. <laughs> um, they used to do pretty good ads, 4X, actually. That's the only one I can remember. What's another one? They used to do like a series of like comical ads. Like it was a bunch of guys like, you know, with a, oh, like the, going to a B&S and they had like a, the, the, know, the back of their bears? ute was like, Oh, yeah, drop bears. Oh, no, might that's Bundaberg rum. Oh, yeah, okay. Because it's a bear. We're talking Queensland alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the four blokes in a, in a ute or the blokes in a ute. I think it was blokes in a ute and like the back of the ute from my memory is like... What were they doing in the back of that ute? Were they, they in the country? Because I know what goes on in the back of a ute in the I country. I think later on that night they might have been going to be doing some written in the back of the ute. It'd be more interesting if they were doing it in the back of the ute. Felt like they were going to a bachelor and spinster's ball right. or something like that. Right. And so Plenty of Vegemite in the Vegemite sandwiches in the back of that ute. They've loaded up the back of the ute with like slabs of forex. Yeah. And a couple of... I can't remember if it was a couple of wines or a couple of like brandies or like ports. Yeah. A couple of ports for the ladies. Yeah. And then they put the ports on top and the back of the ute collapses under the weight of the alcohol. And then it was something like, I think we overdid it with the port. <laughs> <laughs> Alcoholism's funny. Australia. Misogyny and alcoholism. <laughs> Our two greatest exports. The good old days. <laughs> I can feel the forex coming on. <laughs> well, they, 
you don't see ads like that anymore, do you? Like totally just totally sexist, sexist misogynistic, <laughs> irresponsible, socially corrupt. <laughs> encouraging irresponsible <laughs> drinking. No, you don't as much these days. No. Well, you've in twelve. How Gruen's been going for what twelve years? Twelve years. In twelve years, and just in that sample size, have you noticed a change? Oh, absolutely! You know, right. I, incredible change. Like. The way that society has changed has obviously been reflected in the way that advertising has changed. And you see all the various iterations of that. So basically, when we started, there was still even an element of that, you know, that era still there. The old days in Australia where, you know, like a big air mad, somebody would be like, hey, we want to sell this um, flavoured milk. Who's the people who like, you know, buy flavoured milk? Well, mostly young kids and tradies. <laughs> well, what do young kids and tradies both love? boobs so what we're gonna do is we're gonna get a woman to pour milk over her boobs done done million dollars you guys are geniuses make that ad so um when we first started it was kind of getting flipped a little to men are dumb yes, right you know there right. was a reaction to dads that can't do anything every ad was about oh some no dumb i put dad. concrete in the washing machine because my wife's working and i've got to mind the kids for the day <laughs> Dad! Oh no, I'm making pizza with an iron because I don't know how to turn on the stove. Dad! <laughs> yeah, every ad. Every ad was just like, dads can't do that. Oh, I've drunk bleach because <laughs> I don't know what mouthwash is. <laughs> but I no longer have coronavirus. That's one plus. Anyway, bye bleach. <laughs> Dad? Yeah, so what happened? Did, when did the dads are dumb uh, phase end? I think quite recently. Like yeah, you know, I don't with think the, at, with the rise of the men's right movement, the MR, the MRA. Yeah, something. it's been a response to MRA. Yeah. basically a lot of incels in ads yeah. now. They're putting the cell in incel. <laughs> you incel out. <laughs> oh man. So what's the current phase? Would you, would you um, say the current lot of hipster yes. bashing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or hipster using or hipster bashing. I and who say. are they celebrating? Like, because you've talked about two groups that ads are bashing and daggy yeah, dads yeah. and hipsters, but who are they celebrating? Like, if if it was in the forex era, it was mm. the blokey bloke, the you know bachelor and spinster country bloke. I have a theory because uh -huh. I see a lot of the same actors turn up in ads, and the ones who tend to be in like car ads or whatever, they have an it's like a blue collar hero to them. Like you don't see kind of, it's not like your Robert Downey Jr. type. It's more like your Bruce Willis type. And that seems to be the kind of guy who populates most ads. Not, not an idiot, but you know, not extroverted, just a kind of dependable everyman. I think it's the era of women being able to tell you stuff. So like, you know, really informative, like middle-class women so i'm thinking about like insurance ads right i'm thinking about like those car ads where there's like a female spokesperson right who just is answering everybody's questions yeah so like you know a range of people will come in it doesn't matter if it's like the yeah the middle class dad or it's the family they're like owl from whatever. quantum leap they appear yeah with just the right information at just they the right definitely time. could be some sort of like cgi <laughs> yeah hologram ai sort of thing Helpful hologram. just an all-knowing quite generic completely like not hot but hot yeah like woman have you seen that tv show upload on amazon prime no it's about uh like it's a it's a sci-fi comedy where when you die you get uploaded to heaven and depending on what you can afford is your version of heaven 
And so the story is told from the point of view of like the guy who's died and been uploaded to this, you know, paradise. And the IT operator, the girl who communicates with him is kind of his angel. And that's exactly what happens if he ever gets stuck or has a question, she just appears next to him and explains, you know, this is how you pay for things in the virtual world or whatever. It's quite good. I really like it. But they do play with the idea of just making yourself that little bit hotter. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> when you appear in virtual reality, it's like they look normal when they're, you know, talking uh, when the girl's operating from the IT room. I mean, she's still hot because it's a TV show. <laughs> like she's still beautiful by anyone's standard, but she's 10% hotter when she's in virtual reality. Which I think is probably just going to be the appeal and how they're able to sell it to us. Is they're just like, we can make you look 10% hotter and we'll be like... I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a rabbit and a hat, I would call it or something. So, how it goes. Um, so I don't have my phone next to me. Hang on. What do you want me to look? Who was that? What? I wish I was a little bit taller. Yeah, I wish I was a little bit taller. I, want to say I wish I was a baller. Um, Two okay. Live Crew or something? Or Here we go. Belbit um, DeVoe or... By Old School Dub. Never heard of them before. Well, uh, you might remember from them from their song, I Wish. <laughs> I remember Which that. Which is this song. Um, hey, this is radio station WSKEE. We're talk taking calls on the wish line, making all your wacky wishes come true. Hello. So this is the wish. I okay. assume that's the setup. Yeah. Uh, I wish I was a little bit taller. Yeah. I wish I was a baller. Yeah. I wish I had a girl oh. who looked good. I would call her. Why did I think of a rabbit in a hat? I wish I had a rabbit in a oh. hat. <laughs> yeah, why would you call a rabbit in a hat, Charlie? That doesn't make any sense. So it, it didn't seem to make a lot of sense when you were saying it, but yeah. I wish I had a rabbit in a hat. I, I would call, call her. her. Now, are you mistaking a rabbit in a hat for a phone? Or are you talking about the rabbit? I wish I had a pair of glasses because I just tried to make a call with a rabbit. (laughs) I think I've had a stroke. (laughs) I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. I wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat. What? I wish I had a rabbit in in a hat hat with with a bat. bat. Because it rhymes? (laughs) (laughs) Because it rhymes. (laughs) And a cat. Um, And a six foot. Or Impala. All right, we have to go back. So he wants a rabbit in a hat, hat and a bat with a cat. No, no, I added a cat. All right. But <laughs> it's like Dr. Seuss. Imperceptible from yeah. the actual <laughs> lyrics of the song. I wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat. All right. What does that mean? Very political. Like he's talking Wuhan, wet markets. Oh, really? Yeah. So he'd kill the infected animal before it gets out. It was a rabbit a in a hat and a bat. Yeah. And a 6'4 Impala. What's a 6'4 Impala? Is that it's like a, a... It's a hot car. Like yeah, so that's rider. he's going to run over the rabbit, yeah. the hat and the bat and stop a global but what, infection. What, 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 is a rabbit hat like a metaphor for something? Like, I'm going to have good luck. I wish I had good luck. Like okay. I had magic or something. I wish I had a rabbit in a hat. Like when you know, when you say to someone, well, you mm. put a rabbit out of the hat. Yeah. It's like the ability to kind of get out of any situation. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, okay. But, and then what? And just a bat? A bat. Like, like a no, cricket after bat. After I get out of this a situation, I'm going to bat off. Bat. <laughs> <laughs> a bat. I'm going to bat off. Okay. And a 6-4 Impala. Yeah. I wish I was like, okay. Now he's going to say how tall he wishes he was. How tall do you think this person who wishes he was uh, a little bit taller? Uh, so it's a pop culture reference from the 90s, like a basketballer of some kind. Um, well, he, he actually says the height. Oh, okay. Is what oh, I'm so saying. Exactly. So, 6'3". 
Right. So, because the lyrics are, I wish I was a little bit taller. Yeah. The lyrics aren't, I wish I was considerably taller than I already am. Literally just saying 10%. I wish I was a little bit taller. Yeah. And so then it's interesting to me that his answer is, I wish I was like six foot nine, which implies to me that he's already six six foot six. He's (laughs) fucking massive. This guy doesn't need to be any taller. I wish I was like six foot nine so I can get with Leoshi. Oh. Because she don't know me, but yo, she's really fine. Okay. Well, you know, I see her all the time. That's an, all of that's wrong. <laughs> Everywhere I go and even in my dreams, I can scheme a way to make her mine. Oh my God, hang on. This is just taking a, 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 a hard turn. Caller, I just, you were talking, you were talking about being taller. That's, Having a rabbit in a hat. And suddenly it's all like. Although I must admit, he did talk about a girl who looked good, he would call her. So yeah. He did. Suggest this was coming, but he, he was very general in the opening paragraph. I thought he was talking about any sort of girl who looked good, yeah, and he would call specifically Loisha, specifically this girl Leosha, who Leosha. I've been fo- Leoshi, sorry, Leoshi. who I've been following around. I can't see over a fence because I'm only six foot six. All right, here we go. Uh, everywhere I go, and even in my dreams, I can scheme a way to make her mine. Because, well. Okay, firstly, even in your dreams, that is the easiest place to scheme a way to make her your own. Um, I think he's what he's trying to say is he obsesses over the scheme. Okay. Because I know she's living fat. P-H-A. P-H-A-T. Yeah. Her boyfriend's tall and he plays ball. Oh, that's why he wants to be tall. He's jealous. That's why he wants to be tall and that's why he wants to be able to play ball. Because oh. he wishes he's a boy. I wish oh. I was a little bit oh, I taller. It's not baller as in... No, I think it's TV quite literally... Oh, basketballer. I, he, yeah, he wishes he was a basketballer. <laughs> so is this a song by a guy who was like tall, but just not tall enough to be a really good Spud basketballer? Webb. Right? <laughs> 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 Lyrics by S-Web. <laughs> no, even better, Phil Smythe. <laughs> I'd love to see Phil Smythe in the studio with his hood up and his bald head just bobbing away with his late hair growing out the back as he just listened to the beat going, I think I've got some lyrics for this. Yo, give me the mic. Yo, Andrew Gaze, chuck me the mic. Andrew Gaze chucks it and Leonard Copeland comes flying in and Ali hoops it. There's a little uh, NBL humor for all you NBL hardheads out there. Uh, all right, so... Everywhere I go, and even in my dreams, I can scheme a way to make a mine because I know she's living fat, her boyfriend's tall, and he plays ball. So how am I going to compete with that? Well, the only way you can compete is to be a little bit taller. A little bit a ball. And maybe have a bat and a rabbit in your hat. Because when it comes to playing basketball, here we go. Actually, I think we actually have Judged stumbled him. onto what is going on here. Okay. Because when it comes to playing basketball, I'm always last to be picked. Right. So he's getting picked but he's last to be picked. And in some cases, oh, hang on, I've gone too early. And in some cases, never picked at all. Uh, he's an incel. Because <laughs> when it comes to playing basketball, I'm always last to be picked. And in some cases, never picked at all. Oh, God. So I just lean up on the wall or sit up in the bleachers with the rest of the girls who came to watch their men ball. So now it's him and all the ladies up watching everybody else play basketball. Dag, y'all. I never understood, Black, why the jocks get all the fly girls. Uh. And me, I get the hood rats. 
I tell him skit skittle skabobble. <laughs> All right, you're on a date. You're on a date with this girl. You think she's kind of cute. She's shy, but you agreed to go on this date and you sit down to dinner and the first thing she says is... <laughs> Scat skittle skabobble. <laughs> How quickly are you getting out of that restaurant? Scat skittle skabobble. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you having a heart attack? I, I, I told you once. I will tell you again. Scat skittle skabobble. Got hit with a bottle. Oh, no. That's what happened. Uh-oh. He's, he sat down to dinner with this girl. He's told her Scat Skittles Kabobble. She hit him with she a bottle. She hit him with a bottle. Immediately called the police. <laughs> and I'd been in the hospital. Oh, my God. For talking that mess. What does Skit Scat Skabobble mean? Is that like a huge insult in some kind of... Scat Skittles Kabobble? <laughs> <laughs> Should I look up Scat Skittles Kabobble? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, okay. Why not? You look up Scat Skittles. This is very much the final episode here. <laughs> We've got two Wikipedia pages going at once. Uh, scat S-C-A-T Skittle S-K-I-D-D-L-E. No, Scat Skittle. Like the, oh, the uh, lolly. It's going to be problematic because it's like the lolly. And then Scar Bobble. So like S-C-A, like the yeah. radio organization, and then Bobble like the head. Oh, my God. Okay. All right, let's see. That's, I imagine, if your name's Scat Skittle Skabobble, you've constantly got to be doing Scat, as in shitting on somebody, uh, Skittle, as in the delicious lollies, and Scarbobble, as in a bobblehead of somebody who was in a scar band. Okay, so it says here, this is, I found a website called uh, Lyrics Explained. Mm-hmm. Mm, but it's not that particular line. Someone says it's a, uh, in this... It's a forum, so this is not like mm. by any scientific measurement. It's just people commenting. I always felt this song was a not-so-subtle uh, criticism of communist regimes. The symbology draws on Western values that overcame oppressive anti-materialism, especially in a Cold War, post-Cold War context. It then becomes the optimistic anthem of an unrestrained world era. I, I must have missed something. Okay, well, we're not done. Okay. Okay, so, so far it's just about a guy sitting in the bleachers... Not being able to get on the basketball court to impress the girl that he's in love with. Now, this girl already has a boyfriend. So, but anyway, he's uh, talking this uh, scat skittle skabobble, ended up in hospital. I confess it's a shame when you're living in a city that's the size of a box and no one knows your name. Well, you know what the thing is, though? Like in a confined city, being smaller actually gives you more space. Like if he was taller, he might feel yeah, even more worse. confined. But if he was taller, he could be a baller. He could afford a bigger place. That's a good point. Glad I came to my senses. Like quick, quick got sick. Sick to my stomach. Overcometh by the thoughts. Did he just write overcometh? Overcometh. Well, excuse me, Thor. <laughs> yeah, overcometh by the thoughts of me and her together. Right. <laughs> So when I asked her out and she said I wasn't her type, I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good, I would call her. I wish I had a rabbit and a hat with a bat and a 6'4 Impala. I wish I had a brand new car. So far... I got this hatchback and everywhere I go, yo, I get laughed at. And when I'm in my car, I'm laid back. I got an eight track and a spare tire in the back seat. 
but that's a flat. Oh, but that's flat. And do you really want to know what's really whack? I can't even get a date. So what do you think of that? Man, okay. So it's gone from a guy like kind of ringing up going, you know, all bravado and like, I wish I was taller. I wish I was a baller. Like this fantasy life that he's living. But what we're actually starting to realize is this is a dude who doesn't have a 6'4 Impala. He's driving around his hatchback. He can't even get a date. He's the Joker. So do you I think- heard that prom night is a bomb night. By the way, this is a long song. And I got the, I a lot going. going on in this song, right? It's going on a real journey. This is like, this is fucking uh, the war and old peace. school dubs, <laughs> fucking you know, Opus. paranoid android, I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> um, all right. Um, oh fuck, there's hopes to go. All right, it can't be that long, mate. There is so much more of this song to go. I heard that prom night is a bomb night. Yeah. He's going to blow up the prom. Yeah. <laughs> with the hood rats, you can hold tight. Yeah, maybe if you stop referring to them as hood rats, I yeah. might go out with you. But really though, I'm a Figaro. When I'm in my car, can't even get a hello. <sighs> Trust me, don't call them a hood rat. <laughs> They'll say hello. Well, so many people want to cruise Crenshaw on Sunday. Well, I'm going to have to get there in my car and go. You know, I'll take the 110 until I get to the 105. Okay. I mean, we don't need this don't level need, of detail. Yeah, no, it's fine. Get off at Crenshaw to tell my homies, look alive. Because it's hard to survive when you're living in a concrete jungle and those girls keep passing me by. She looks fly. She looks fly. Makes me say, my, my, my. All right, not even trying now. <laughs> I'm going to skip uh, the baller and taller, but that happens for a bit again because there is so much more of this song to go. Hey, I wish I had my way because every day would be a Friday. You could even speed on the highway. I would play ghetto games and name my kids ghetto names. Little Mookie. (laughs) As promised. Big Al. Yep. Lorraine. Okay, I didn't realize that was a hood name. Yo, yo, you know that's on the real. So if you're down on your luck, then you should notice how I feel. Because if you don't want me around, see, I go simple. I go easy. I go greyhound. What does that mean? Hey, you, what's that sound? <laughs> Everybody look what's going down. <laughs> they sample that? or is he actually- uh, Yes, ain't that fresh. Everyone wants to get down like that. And that's, yeah, I mean, it's just a song about actually wish somebody wishes that they had a much better life than what they had on the song meanings someone asks i don't wish to appear stupid but what does he mean by a rabbit in a hat with a bat Mm. is this a common slang term for something in america that we don't have in england i'm struggling with the idea that along uh, with my dream job foxy girlfriend classic car etc he wishes he had a rabbit in a hat with a bat with a bat and does the rabbit in the possession of a baseball bat or cricket bat is that a story to share with the... Oh, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, so there's three replies to it. And what? they say, Bat is a reference to Bacardi, as in Bacardi bat, rabbit in a hat. Magic trick refers to a prostitute or a whore, someone who turns tricks. Oh, okay. So he wants alcohol and sex. Alcohol and like a sweet sex worker. Yeah. 
A rabbit in a hat? Yeah. Yeah, basically, sex worker and booze. But then someone says, I don't think he meant that. I think he just threw in some words that rhymed. <laughs> either, either <laughs> possible answers, I would say. Now, Will, as a part of our final episode for 2020, uh, we thought we'd look at some of the best movies and best TV shows because I think that's what a majority of us did this year. Uh, stuck at home, watched a lot of TV, what a, a lot of film. But I was thinking about it. I can, I feel like I watched a lot, but I can't, can only remember a few. If you had to pick your best three TV shows this year, what would they be? So hard to remember what this exactly. year. Exactly. Like, Where it starts and ends. Watch so much stuff. It's ridiculous. But I would say uh, What We Do in the Shadows was this year. Yeah. So that would have to be on the list because I like that got me through the early parts of the lockdown. I would say Ted Lasso's Come Home Very Fucking Strong. I really loved that. Um, what was my favourite like drama of the year? I've watched like so many dramas and quite a lot of things that I... Th- thought were good but mm. i just can't i'm I watching know. a thing i'm watching a thing called your honor at the moment yeah. with brian cranston yeah um and it's only three episodes in but it's excellent I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far i can't i don't even know the ones that stand up my mind that i can that i remember getting excited yeah. about oh, i want to get home and watch this is like uh, Watchmen. I think that was this year. Oh yeah, Watchmen was that was the this first year? show. I got really excited. I remember being I don't in a hotel know in if Brisbane. It was this year or not? I think if it was this year, well, I watched it this year, yeah. and it was it would have been January, February, because I remember being in a hotel and just like waiting for Gemma and the baby to go to sleep so I could watch it. That was the first one. Then uh, I really, really liked uh, um, Auntie Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. Uh-huh. That show just goes the first episode. You're like, oh yeah, I remember. But then it just rockets from there. It's such a great and so rewatchable. You talk about shows you want to watch again. And then the last one I loved was the Harley Quinn cartoon. And I don't know if that was released this year either. But that's what I watched this year, and they were my top three. I, I the other thing that I should give a special mention to is um, documentaries about Nexium. Do you know Nixium? That like uh, the sex cult in America no. that Alison Mack from Smallville was oh, all yeah, hooked yeah. up in, and there's this guy Keith Rineri or whatever his name is, and he started this like what everybody thought Were was the like Fire a... Festival documentaries this year. No, I think that was okay. last year. But yeah, there's two. There's one called Seduced, right, and there is one called The Vow, and I watched both of them one of them's four episodes and one's like seven episodes or something and i there's more content to come about that because he's still like you know on trial and all these sort of things so there's more docos so yes nexium documentaries as a genre i'm going to put on my list well this is news.com's uh best 23 shows of 2020 i thought it was good to go to yeah, a local that's good paper because uh that way we get some australian inclusions so will can you guess what the first entry is so as in the best, and is it an Australian show or just like... Uh, not Australian, but not American. Oh, not Australian, but not American. Oh, hang on, wait a minute. Which which version is it? No, it's the American version. It <laughs> that, is that gives you a hint. American version of a... Uh, what we it's do in the shadows. Yes. <laughs> what we do in the shadows. Uh, genuinely laugh out loud funny the second season of the absurdist vampire comedy what do in the shadows cemented the delights the first season with even wilder episodes as Guillermo grappled with his vampire Guillermo 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 okay um, come and put your neck in my mouth number two was probably my fourth favourite show for this year okay uh, give me another comic book series 
uh, serious take on comic books. Uh, the boys. The boys. The boys. Now, we had someone actually request that we do a wrap-up. I don't know how you feel about the boys, but I actually, I was lukewarm on season two. It took a long time to get going, but I love the end of it. So if you want to maybe do a bonus episode at some time okay. on the boys, I'd be happy to do a deep dive. I, yeah, I really liked this season, the boys. Yeah, I, I ended up liking it a lot more by the end of it. I, I found it a bit heavy going in the middle of the second it season. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it gets so dark at points. You're like, oh, I mean, I understand this is satire, but like, so that's... Why is this satire so relentless? But also... Have you not looked out the window? The world is also horrible. They, I need to escape. They do. The amazing thing that I think they do is they... That Homelander, who is such a terrifying villain, they make he, just a hint of humanity to him. It's like, wow, like, how did you do that? He's so relentlessly terrifying and, and repulsive the rest of the series. But then they just say, well, you know what? When he was a boy, you know, this happened. And you're like... Holy fuck, yeah. It's such a... I love... And that performance too, I reckon. It, Incredible. Amazing. Like just genuinely disturbing. Yeah. But charismatic. So, and like, you can understand why if he's Superman able to... If was a psychopath. Right, yeah. Yeah. Or a sociopath. And it is... It would be something that would be incredibly easy to get that performance wrong. Yeah. And he does not get it wrong in any way. Okay, the next one is a show I haven't seen, but it's on it's on Foxtel in Australia. It's uh, sci-fi, um, a very uh, famous the Ridley movie. Scott one. Is it? I don't, uh, I don't know, but it's uh, it involves the surname of a very famous fantasy novelist. Uh, you know, if you love love your job, if you love what you do, if I love my if you, uh, your work, profession, my your, job, my work, my um, uh, you know, if you if you if you do it by hand, you're often you're, you're known a, as a, a masturbator, <laughs> you're you're a craftsman. Cra- and, uh, I, 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 uh, so, so if you love craft, <laughs> yes. craft love craft, love craft. <laughs> Lovecraft your clue for Lovecraft was if you love craft was not so much a clue as just saying the name of the show have you seen it uh, I have not seen it no oh, it's another so let's go past that um, uh, an ABC show starring two a British or no, a show that's screened on the ABC starring two um, uh, it's an English English show starring a one Doctor Who one Doctor Who um, David Tennant. Correct. And uh, a British actor who's played opposite uh, uh, an American president. Um, uh, Someone playing an American president. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, uh, He also, in Australia, his cousin is a very famous cleaning product spokesman. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Oh, Mr. Sheen. Yeah, I, oh, was, I got Sheen. No, I was right. at Sheen. Oh, okay. I, that bit I had actually got. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say, Mr. Muscle. <laughs> Is it spray or white <laughs> that you're talking about? That's a good hip hop name, spray and white. Spray and white. We're spray and white. We wish we were a little bit cleaner. The words had a car crash in the front of my mouth. Um, the show's called Staged. Uh, Did not say it. It's so loose and improvisational, you swear it had been improvised. Uh, the pandemic comedy is uh, a not script is not a scripted series. The pair's dazzling screen chemistry shine in the six-part show in which they play exaggerated versions of themselves. I'd watch that. Okay, yeah. I like both it. those actors. Uh, the Queen's Gambit. You seen it yet? Loved it. Okay. Loved it. 
absolutely loved it. Like, I know that there's, like, it probably could have been half the episodes and still told the story that it's told, but I just loved the look of it. I loved being in that universe. I was just very happy to... I didn't want it to be How over. How many YouTube parodies are we going to see where it's like Monopoly? You know, the Monopoly gambit, the... The Cluedo Gambit. The- well, is it how many am I going to see? Because the answer is zero. <laughs> but how many are there already? I imagine millions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been very responsible for getting women into chess, I believe. But I just loved the look of it all. Like, it was just one of those things where you're like... And I kind of loved that... Like, and I don't want to give it anything away for people who haven't seen it. But I loved that there is actually an element of you getting to see the hero win. Like so many things these days, you don't get to see, like you come in on Batman when Batman's having a fucking crisis of being Batman, where you're like, it'd be cool just to see him like- Just at the top of your game, mate. Right. I just want to see that period of time where just week after week, he's like besting villains. That's what I want to see a bit of that. And there's an element of, I like I like to- John Wick, basically. About the Queen's (laughs) Gambit, where like, yeah, there's some very- John Wick moments right. at different stages in her chess journey where I'm just like, yes, I'm enjoying the fact that I know that you're going to just win these games. Uh, another show that you mentioned last week as being one of your favourites of the year. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. It's great. It's really surprisingly funny. Is that Louis C.K.? No. Oh. oh, tell you what though, the amount of fucking times when you're watching Ted Lasso, you'll be like, is that Louis C.K.? <laughs> Maybe it is. Like, has Louis C.K. just lost a bit of weight and they've, like, put a beard on him and they've snuck him into Ted Lasso? He has a very... It's not. I looked up the actor for that very reason. Okay. I had that same panic attack. Because he even has a way of speaking and saying things that is... What an unfortunate time to be incredible... To resemble... Like well, his sort of name is actually Louis C.J. He's the next evolution. Um, this is a show called Small Axe. I imagine you haven't seen it. No. Because it's more a series of TV movies directed by Steve McQueen. Okay, we'll skip past that. Okay. Um, this is a show I've heard is awesome, but I haven't seen it yet. I May Destroy You. I have heard nothing but good things about that as well. So I'm looking forward to having a look at that. All right. Well, looking forward to nominating, nominating that as our best TV mm. show of 2021. Yeah. Uh, another ABC show, a locally made drama. I haven't seen it either, but um, I hear it's very good. Uh, it was the... Um, if you would... Uh, 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 Scooby-Doo and his friends would probably uh, take this... <laughs> take this turn off. Take the turn off? Take the turn off to, to this to, place. Um, the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. So I fucked it up. Mystery Road is what I'm talking about. But you're right. Like that's <laughs> dumb. No mystery. That that's not a bad clue. Yeah, <laughs> it's just poorly delivered. You could have done it like your other clue. Just, if you love craft, you could be like, you know, say there was like a road where there was a mystery, and you went down the mystery road. Uh, a show I also haven't seen. Normal people. Have you seen normal people? I thought that was excellent. Incredible performances by the the two leads. Him in particular, but both of the the leads in that are incredible and. Um, yeah, I really, really liked it. Apparently, it's based on a. Is it Robert Pattinson? No. Based on a book, but um, no, he's like a. It's all these TV shows have stars who look like other stars. 
He has this guy. His I, name is Poppet Rattinson. I don't know what his name is, but he's like started popping up in a bunch of things and right. he's going to be in everything because okay. he can like he can really fucking act. He's really good. Um, this next show is one that Gemma loves. I tried to watch a few episodes, but I just got, to be honest, I got a bit bored, which is The Crown. Um, I haven't seen any of The Crown, but I came in on season three, the Lady Diana era, and I watched a couple episodes with Gemma, but I'm like, I just, I don't find this interesting enough. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about The Crown? Um, I have not watched a episode of The Crown. Yeah. Are you compelled to? It just doesn't interest me. I've never really been like, I understand, look, hey, look, it's just the setting and it's not all like literal, but I'm like, yeah, I just don't care what the royals are up to. No, I'm not checking in on what the royals are up to IRL. Like yeah. the royals, the series is still going. Like particularly now that they've really caught up to it. But you're like, you know what it is? I've been bored by the the later episodes. Yeah. Because all I've seen is the stuff they haven't got to yet. Yeah. Old Queen and all this sort of stuff. Now they're kind of getting to the period the of time I know. remember. Like, like, you know, I Diana and stuff. And I was time. like, I didn't really pay that much attention to it when it was happening. Uh, an Australian cooking show has entered the news.com. Australian cooking show? Yeah. MasterChef. Correct. Had a very good year. Um, I believe. Did a, not see an episode An Apple of Plus TV show that I don't know anyone saw. And I even saw the ads and I'm like, I'm not sure. It stars a guy from Always Sunny. Um, no, you've probably know. seen the ads for it. Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet, a quirky, oh. quirky workplace comedy set in a video game developer's office. Is that what that is? Yeah. Like it's my terrible. Every marketing. time the ad comes on, my brain goes into like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> I literally, I, I I've you so seen that ad so many times, and I could not for a million dollars have told you what it was for. Uh, P Valley, an unflinching drama about strippers working in the Mississippi Delta. Have not seen it. Have not seen it. Uh, another Australian drama. Uh, I'll just tell you what it is. Stateless uh, on the ABC. Oh, yeah. Did not see it either. No. A Good Place or The Good Place. You were oh, yep. that show. Loved it. Don't like it. Thought Tried it stuck it. the landing too. Really don't like it. <laughs> this show I had not have not seen and only just heard about. And it sounds really interesting. Do you know about Devs? D-E-V-S? No. Anyone who's a fan of Alex Garland's challenging work, Ex Machina and Annihilation, will find much to love and mine from Devs, a visually stunning and intellectually curious sci-fi series that questions a conflict between free will and determinism. It stars Sonoya Mizuno as a woman trying to discover what happened to her boyfriend and what their mysterious tech company boss, Nick Offerman, had to do with it. I like that. That sounds like my cup of tea. Like a bit of hard-edged, bloody sci-fi. I like Nick Offerman too. I, I've never really watched Parks and Recreation. I can't work out what his deal is. Is he funny? Yeah. Right. I think so. Okay. But it's one of those things where you have to, I think, buy into the idea that he is super funny. Right. And as soon as you buy into the idea that he's super funny, it's hard to see him as anything other than super funny. So I'll be interested to see whether I can sit down and watch him in this Another. and not think like, that he's... like, remember when Glenn Robbins popped up in Lantana? Mm. Yeah. And it's like, I understand that Glenn Robbins is a performer and an he's actor. a good actor, star. Glenn Robbins. And he was good in Lantana, but there's just a bit of you well, that, that was... is so trained to the idea of he's about to be funny. Well, because he was right at the height of his panel, yeah, like, fame. And his whole thing in the panel was a dry aside, so it could be a very serious discussion. And then he would just do that kind of signature turn to camera and a dry little observation. So in Lantana, when I can't remember what the scene is, but his wife telling him he's leaving, you're just waiting for him to just like borrow the camera. Here he, hey, <laughs> here he goes. <laughs> yeah, Wait so, for it. 
There you go. There's Here we uh, go. What, what's his fucking Russell Coit's about Russell to tee off. <laughs> <laughs> his pants are about to fall down. You watch this. You'll get bitten on the dick by a baby crocodile. What's uh, What's Cal going to have to say about this one? <laughs> uh, I've never heard of this show. Zero zero zero. Started watching it. Yeah. Uh, found it a bit heavy going. Um, 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 you'd hate to be up this without a paddle. Uh, Shits Creek. Yeah, I tried to watch the first ep, but it wasn't my cup. Apparently, of the first series is heavy. It's one of those classic. Go you can it. almost skip the first series th- shows. Apparently, have not gone there myself. Uh, your mortal enemy on the ABC. Uh, oh, my mortal enemy on the ABC, yeah. Bluey. Bluey, that fucking cat. little animated. It's not just children. Dog. That love the delights of mostly children. Bluey. There Let's not overstate his appeal. It's mostly children. Would probably watch Bluey even if their kids were not. Yeah, well, you know why kids don't watch Gruen? Because they're too stupid. <laughs> they don't understand the show. So, what does it reflect on your show if it's for dumb little kids and not for grown, smart adults, you bloody animated dog? Each episode captures the wonder of play and imagination, all grounded in smart and relatable stories. You know what I um, love about because this my feud with Bluey. It's I, all one sided. They are not aware that you're not aware, aware of them. and only exists on this podcast. Yeah, like it's not like a broader feud that I have in society. <laughs> it literally is a bit we do on this podcast about how much I hate Bluey. I've never seen an episode of Bluey. All I hear about Bluey is that it's absolutely fantastic. On the final episode of Gruen we had the composer of the Bluey theme <laughs> like come on the show and do this thing where they like introduce the panel and we do this whole thing about it and it was really fucking amazing, right? Whole time I'm like, hope they don't hear about my view with Bluey. <laughs> oh. It was the first time I'd really worried about something from this podcast coming out. I was like, I hope I don't ruin this really good bit for Gruen by them finding out that I've been slagging off Bluey. Bluey. Uh, have you heard of this show, The Good Fight? The Good Fight. It is the spin-off of The Good Wife, oh. uh, which was a show that I very much enjoyed. And I am looking forward to watching a bit of The Good Fight because it stars a couple of my favourite characters from it. And I've heard good things about it. Pen 15, which hey, from the distance hey, 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 hey. looks like Pen 15. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Pen 15. Kooky, open and emotionally resonant. Pen 15's season, uh, debut season was every bit as, second season was every bit as charming cringe as its debut with the, I don't care. Right Tales from the Loop. No. About Swedish landscapes. It's documentary, whatever. Mm-hmm. And here they're on honorable mentions. So I'll just whip through these. Teenage Bounty Hunters, The Great. The Great's really good. I watched a bit of Teenage Bounty Hunters, didn't mind it. Uh, Perry Mason? What is this? Fucking 1987? There's been a reboot. Oh, God. A gritty reboot. Oh, I really? Watched, I watched the first half an episode. Bored me a little. Little America. The Plot Against America. Little America was good. That was, Kamal, that was no, maybe yeah, Kamal and Emily's show, but definitely Emily's show. But um, it was little vignettes of, you know, different people in the American experience. Okay. And, of, you know, different cultural backgrounds done as sort of like, you know, short, short stories with... Anyway, it's, it's it's really, really watchable. I liked it. The Good Lord Bird, Better Call Saul, Who We Are in the Shadows. Oh, like, no, sorry. We Are Who We Are. <laughs> I misread that. Uh, Salisbury Poisoning, Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell? Reboot. What? Reboot! Honestly, shit, really? Yep, starring several of the... Is up uh, Mark Paul, John... Claude John Paul... Gosler. Gosler. <laughs> Gosler. Is he back? NYPD oh, oh. Blues? You know what? Let's just pause for a sec. <laughs> 
Screech is not back, is he? Is oh, no. Screech I in think, jail? I think Dustin Diamond or whatever his name is had like, he didn't some shit go wrong with Screech. Oh yeah, he's in prison, I believe. Okay, let's pause for a second okay. and we will come back with more exciting Save by the Bell news up next. Podcast Mike, you should just put a Save by the Bell theme in between the break for this. When I wake up in the morning and the long gets out of water, I don't think I'll ever make it on time. By the time I grab my books and I give myself a look, I'm at the corner just in time to see the bus fly by. It's all right, because I'm saved by the bell. Okay, I, even better than finding something about the reboot of Saved by the Bell. Well, this is related to the reboot of Saved by the Bell, but it actually answers the questions more of what we were interested in because this is a news.com.au article from November 25th, 2020. They deserve a credit for this episode, but we're not going to give it to them. Pay no. your taxes, Rupert. Exactly. Pay your fucking taxes, you tax cheat. Exactly. And I don't mind that I'm downloading this fucking free information for my podcast. And I hope we make money out of it and we'll pay tax on that fucking money because we're better than you. Saved by the Bell reboot, colon. What original cast members are doing now? Let's see if I can name them. Okay. So we're talking about the blonde lead character. Zach. Uh, Zach. Uh, Zach. Zach, Zach something. Is it a, is it a cool surname like Ryder or? Yeah. Uh, Zach Mitchell. No. Oh, it starts with an M. Zach. Is it like an McDonald? Is it Scottish? Is it Irish? Is it Zach? It's kind of is. It would be from somewhere around that Zach Maguire. That's me. Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Morris. Fuck, it was Zach Morris. It was right there. What was the name of the actor? Do you know? John Paul Mark Gosler. Mark Paul <laughs> Gosler. <laughs> Not Jean-Paul Mark Gosler. Mark Paul Gosler. Oh, that's not my fault for him having landed his breakout role, Zach Morris, in 1989. He also led the gang into their next chapter, Saved by the Bell, the college years. When he said farewell to his character in 1994, he started in NYPD Blue, Commander in Chief, and Mixed Dish. When NBC announced the reboot in 2020, Gosler signed on Holy to shit. reprise his role as Zach Morris. I also believe he's done up. an appearance on Fallon like recently where he dark proxided his hair and put on like 80s clothes and stuff and did the interview as Zach Morris. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that's that's him. That's Mark Paul Gosler. Okay. Well, he'd be the star power, right? Out of him or Mario Lopez would still be the most famous from that. Okay. So at the time, there was a female lead who was pretty famous. Uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Wow, Charlie. Tiffany Thiessen. Kimberly. Okay, what was the character's name? Kimberly? No. Starts with a K. Oh. Caitlin? No. Fuck. Kathy? Kookaburra. Ka Casey. Uh, Casey. Ka Kasia. Ka Kasia. I don't know. Kelly. Kelly! <laughs> Landing the role of Kelly. Loffler. Um, Little leader. Kelly, Kelly, no, I don't know. Kelly, what if somebody then as their last name, their last name, they were trying to write Kelly, but they were one of the people who wrote captions on the animated Batman series. You know, sorry, not the animated Batman series, the, the uh, animated Kelly, captions in Kelly the old. Pa Kelly Powell, Powell. Kelly Kapowski. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> Kelly Kapowski. How can you forget that name? On the popular sitcom, she was catapulted into worldwide fame. She was on the show the whole way through, including Saved by the Bell, the college years. Since then, she starred in Beverly Hills, 90 I remember. 
and in 1998, she was in the film Hollywood Ending. Eventually, she returned to television shows Fast Lane and White Collar. Thiessen will also reprise her role in the reboot as a teacher. Now, you've already named the next one. Uh, Mario Lopez. Mario Lopez. AJ Slater. Mario Lopez was a household name before, during, and after Saved by the Bell. Since his days as AC Slater. Oh, I said AJ. Fuck it. He has been <laughs> a actor in TV, film, and Broadway. He's currently the host of Extra and Accent. And he Access has stayed Hollywood. remarkably famous, like cynicism aside. Like he's been famous as long as I can remember. Like if I started taking note of pop culture when Saved by the Bell started, he's been famous a long time. That's hard to do. Recently played uh, Colonel Harlan Sanders in a movie made for the, by the Lifetime Channel, which was kind of a KFC sponsored. Like a parody. Kind of, but not really a parody. Uh, done as like, a, and so it, they did a sort He played of like, Colonel Sanders, Mario Lopez. He's basically, it's this thing that KFC have sponsored. Like it's this sponsored entertainment that Lifetime did. And it's one of those over the top right. old stories. And it's really like this rich family. And then like, he's the cook who comes to, and like, and then he, she falls in love. So it's like, a corporate sitcom. She falls in love with the cook and the, you know, he's like, not the cook. He's got a secret recipe, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah. Sounds awful. Anyway, apparently it's wonderfully awful. <laughs> Another big star at the time. Oh. Female. Oh, big star. Elizabeth Berkeley. Elizabeth. Oh, what? Berkeley. I have no idea what her character. She had like a. She was like. She was the plain one of the group, if, if I recall, right? Uh, so um, she. What was the, the clue? Uh, Helen? Could be a boy's name or a girl's Terry. name? Terry. I was going to say that. Um, Terry, Charlie, Casey. Kelly, I know we're good at Kelly. Um, if she had Margaret. a girl, if she had a girlfriend and she was really hot, you might say she was bi uh, or gay. She's a lesbian. She, oh no, it was more like if you really fancy <laughs> uh, uh, her partner, you uh, might say. Let's have I a wish threesome. that I was a little bit taller. <laughs> I wish I was a baller. <laughs> I don't know. I wish. I wish that I had Jesse's girl. Ah, Jesse. Yeah. Jesse, um, if if someone asked you if you wanted to get in the hot tub and you didn't want to, you might say, "The water's too hot." Not <laughs> spa, no. <laughs> Jesse Spa, no. That's much more succinct surname than the water's too hot in the hot tub. <laughs> Jesse, the water's too hot in the hot tub. Uh, she uh, landed the role after starring in the film Frog in 1988. I don't think. Yeah, right. I, you know, outside of Saved by the Bell and Showgirls, I don't know Elizabeth Berkeley. She went on to star in Showgirls, yeah. The First Wives Club, oh. and has appeared in CSI Miami and The L Word. She was recently published a New York Times best-selling book, Ask Elizabeth. Okay. You, you, I don't think you'll remember the final female cast members. No, yeah, no. I do. Oh, yeah, do you? Yeah. Uh, African-American. Yes. She was like the earnest one. She's a bit of a nerd. Yes. Well, I'm not going to know it. Okay, so you might say if somebody was... Um, this is her real name, not her character's name, by the way. Um, her real name is... Um, if somebody was having a lend of you, you might say, hey, are you having a... Laugh. Oh, close. Are you having a lend... Lark. Lark. Um, 
so Lark Voorhees. Oh, her, like Jason Voorhees. That's cool. Is her real name. Her her character's Lark name. Lark Voorhees is her real name. Just yeah. let that sink in for a second. If Elvis's former if someone... wife... Lark Voorhees is her real name. Okay. Her character's name, if Elvis's... Priscilla. Former... Uh, pri- uh, daughter. Oh, yeah. If Elvis's daughter married... Donatello, Lisa her, Marie Turtle. Her character's name was Lisa Marie Turtle. <laughs> Wait a minute, Donatello's surname <laughs> isn't Turtle. It's not Donatello. Turtle, he's just Donatello. <laughs> Did you get it or not? <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, how do you know? They're the Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turtles. That's not their surname. Why not? In the Smurfs, their surname is Smurf. They're like Papa Smurf and like Lady Smurf and whatever. So you, how, how, why can't their names in the turtle world be Donatello Turtle? I mean, you might be right. right. It'd be easier to send the right. mail. <laughs> If they got a first and last name. Right. I don't know which Donatello this is. Donatello Turtle. <laughs> oh. oh, well. Well, send direct to the sewer then. <laughs> they just flush, flush the letter down the toilet. Uh, she starred on the show up until the end of the series and went on to star in Days of Our Lives, oh, yeah. The Bold and the Beautiful, and In the House. So they're all back, apart from Screech. Uh, she doesn't seem to be back for the reboot. Neither does Elizabeth. Oh. Elizabeth Berkeley, no, she's definitely no. back for the reboot. Oh, really? I've seen her poster, okay. based on the poster. Well, I, just the have, one I was... They haven't mentioned that. Unsure of with Jean-Paul Marc Van Damme. Okay, so, well, there's one, of course, that we need to get to. The big question before we had a little pause. I oh, know, as you're Googling that, the part of me is like, I hope it's not like a horrible ending. I mean, I'm sure it is a horrible ending, but uh, so what was his uh, name in the show? It was Screech what? Screech Skeletti or something like that. No. Oh. Um, more more mundane than that? It wasn't no alliteration? More sounds very a bit more like super, he might be a superhero with this last name. Oh, uh, Screech Wayne? Screech Kent. Um, more literal. Uh, Screech, Screech Greenland. <laughs> if you are a superhero, you might have... The Screech... Special... Screech abilities. <laughs> So close, and yet <laughs> abilities is not really a last name, but this one kind of is. That's the only difference between what you've said. Screech the powers. Many... Screech powers. <laughs> Screech abilities. <laughs> you know, like the canary had Screech powers. That was her. All the birds of prey. Many of the birds of prey had Screech powers. Uh, what is his real life name? That's Screech. a good deep cut for any DC fans out there. Well done, Will. <laughs> Uh, sorry, what did you say? What What is his real name? Um, Dustin Diamond? Dustin Diamond. So it's amazing. that So you've got like, what was her name? Lars, Lars and the Real Girl? No, uh, Raven Von Clare. Lark Voorhees. Lark Voorhees and Dustin Diamond should be the characters' names. They are so much more memorable than Screech Powers and... Well, I mean, no, Lisa Marie Turtle's pretty memorable. Mario Lopez is a pretty fucking cool name yeah. as well. They've actually all got... Pretty, well, even John Paul Mark Ringo Gosselard. Is, that's a pretty good name. 
Um, okay, so we've got... They are good names. Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Elizabeth Berkeley. They yeah, all kind of roll actually, off the table. They've all got really great names. Yeah. Dustin Diamond played Zach Morris's sidekick. Do you think they got cast powers. because their names are good? Dustin Diamond. Look at it on the poster. Dustin Diamond. Yeah. John Paul Mark Van Damme. Tiffany Amber Thiessen. They do all sound like stars. Yeah. Um, Diamond starred in the show's predecessor, Good Morning Miss Bliss. Did not know there no. was a predecessor. And also appeared in the show's spin-offs. Since the show ended, Diamond was in his fair share of scandals. In 2006, he directed and released his own sex tape, which featured himself and two other women, and I believe a particularly disturbing sex act. Uh, uh, that um, uh, anyway, <laughs> it's not not clean and something you might find at a Mexican lake place. The dirty Sanchez. <laughs> I love the way you danced around it for thirty seconds and then just said it. I got bored with <laughs> trying to dance around it. Um, <clears throat> okay. Uh, later, he claimed that he used the body double. Oh, good answer. A few years later, Diamond released a book, Behind the Bell, where he called out some interesting times on set, which upset a lot of his former castmates. The book included allegations that they mistreated him and since been estranged from him. Did he wish he was a little bit taller? He wished he was a baller. Which I was like, John Pork, Mark Gosselaw. <laughs> Live his name. <laughs> in 2014, Diamond was arrested for stabbing a man in a bar fight. That's what I remember. And was sent to jail for three months. Fucking hell. That's okay, though. Three months. We can, we can live with that. Did he come out jacked? Oh, I forgot that this person was in there. Leah Remini. I don't remember Of course, her. now famous for her debunking of Scientology. She was in Saved by the Bell. I remember yeah. Mr. Balding. Mr. Belding. She entered the show when they had a stint on the Malibu Sands Beach Club in season three. She was Zach's girlfriend. What were the um, what was the what were the character archetypes? So you had Zach, who was the jock. No, Slater was the jock. Zach was the heartthrob. I guess yeah. he was the schemer. He was like the yeah. Ferris Bueller, the smart, funny, right. good-looking one. Then you had the princess that was Kelly. Then you had Jock, AJ Slater, bookish nerd, Elizabeth Berkeley. I, I think. guess she was meant to be. Yeah, I mean, she's still like tall and gorgeous and beautiful. And then nerd was Jason Voorhees. Uh, Turtle, Lisa Marie Turtle was the nerd, I believe. Like she was the Glee Club I guess nerd, so. I think. Yeah. And then Screech, Screech was, was the super uber geek. Because yeah. it was. Uh, against the law to have a sitcom in the 80s and 90s and not have a geek character. It was called the uh, the Urkel uh, the Urkel Agreement. A famous 80 uh, sorry a fa famous star of that era dated Screech in the show. It played Screech's girlfriend. Oh, Elizabeth Berkeley. No. no. Lisa Marie Turtle. No, we're talking about someone, oh, someone who guested who guest starred as Screech's girlfriend. And she's famous now. Uh, she's still holding on to being famous now, but she was super famous at the time. Oh right. Oh, at the time. Mm. Oh, uh, well, at nineties famous, nineties famous, super famous. Not and and she was a teenager at the time. She was a kind of teenager, early twenties, like you know that that era. Who she the was fuck would it be? famous for being young, not as and she kind of invented Drew Barrymore. No, she invented a bit of a um, 
like people like Paris Hilton and right. uh, the Kardashians and stuff wouldn't exist, I don't think, without this person. Even though this person wasn't quite as good at that stuff. Who was it? Tori Spelling. Fucking Tori Spelling. She was. Oh, did her dad produce that show? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, there you go. That's your Saved by the Bell news. All right, let's get to our last bit of email for 2020. This is some stuff I've been putting off for a number of weeks before you ran uh, Macho Fop. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can go to our website, tofop.com. There's a little contact form on the splash page. And while you're there, why not check out some of our other great podcasts? Will does one called Willosophy, which is much more successful and much more highbrow than this. Who's on this week, Will? Uh, Craig Coombs, who, you know, the work of Craig Coombs. Uh Incredible guy. I did the 100th episode of Willosip with him and he obviously, he had been giving given a death sentence a good while ago now, you know, and uh, fit a lot into his life and talked about that in the 100th episode. Well, the end of his life is nearing rapidly. And so um, we had another chat about that and what it's like to be staring at your final days and, you know, um, what you're living for and, and what you hope happens next. So it's a pretty emotional episode, I will say that, but an incredible episode and I felt very grateful to be able to do it with Craig. So, and a whole bunch of really cool episodes coming up. I've been recording a whole bunch of them so I can have a little break in January from recording, but I've done pretty much enough episodes to get, get us up to the end of January. Uh, two Guys, One Cup is going a little break over Christmas, um, but you can still listen to the latest episode with Adam Zwar, who um, was born in like northern Queensland, but barracks for Carlton and is so knowledgeable about the game and tells a story about meeting Wayne Dominator Johnson, his boyhood hero that is hilarious. Um, we're taking a little break and we'll be coming back with Alex uh, Williams in the first week of January. And who's on Fofop? Oh, uh, Gareth. The final episode of Firefox for the year as well. And Gareth Reynolds is on. And uh, obviously, as everyone knows, hilarious as usual. So that's all at tofop.com. And if you want to support the show, there's a link to our Patreon on the website as well. That helps us out a lot. A lot. Yeah. No, I mean, it's been incredible this year. And, you know, Charlie and I are now hopefully going to be, you know, in the same place for a while. And we're looking at a whole bunch of different things we want to do with the show. But none of that would have been possible without the incredible support that you guys have shown us during this year. So thank you very much. And, you know, here's to an even bigger 2021. And sign up and check out all our great bonus content. Been sending out some signed tour posters. We don't, it's open to, it's free to everyone. Like you can donate whatever amount you want to Patreon. But for the extra generous ones, people who put in $20 or more, you get a signed TOEFOP poster. Um, and uh, I think there was around about 500 when we signed them. You gave them to me. I was like, oh, this seems like there's a few posters. So Plenty to give away. If you don't have the money to give in now, but you think you might one down, like it down the line, then just upgrade your Patreon membership to $20. You'll get yourself an authentically signed TOEFOP tour poster. But this is from Sebastian. He says, hi guys. Got a bit of a heavy subject, but what are your views on fate or free will? Do you think everything happens for a reason or everything is just ra a random occurrence? There's a short story by Ted Chang called What is Expected of Us that's heavily influenced my thoughts on this. It's maybe a page and a half if you want to check it out sometime. It's pretty rad. If you guys do decide to read this out, I'm sorry in advance for having such a heavy subject. Not everything can be as funny as using your balls as a bungee as a bungee jumping cable. Cheers, Sebastian. That's not a, I don't think that's particularly heavy. Fate versus free will. Well, I mean, I think I, I err on the kind of idea that it's a bit of both, right? Yeah. That you know, there certain is, things conspire to lead you in a certain direction. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, you talk about free will in the idea of. You know, if somebody is born in certain circumstances, 
like their capacity for free will is limited by the circumstances they are born into, the way they might be raised, the you know privilege they have in the society that they live in, like the environment they live in, the individual circumstances where they just happen to, you mm. know, like there is so many things that are predetermined in a way that you can't do anything about. But then I think you have some agency over your own life as well. I, I think that's the best attitude to have because what you're doing there is you're acknowledging both influences, but you are not leaning on one as being the reason, the sum total for your circumstances. You know what I mean? You have to be aware of where you've come from and what you're dealing with, but you can't sort of, you've got to be aware that there's also stuff that you can do to change. Well, I guess there's that idea that, you know, if there's a free will, if there is no such thing as free will, right? Mm. If everything is, you know, because of, you know, our fate and our circumstances, then... I, I probably it does it's a depressing and fatalistic way to mm. look at life if you think it's completely that if you don't think you have any agency over your own decisions but yeah. so often you see yourself because of your genetics because of your programming because of all these things your monkey brain you mm. know doing things that you're like intellectually i cannot understand i don't feel like i have chosen to behave in the way that i'm choosing yeah. right now so i don't think that yeah sometimes there is no free will per se in those situations. Eckhart Tolle has a little bit of advice that has stuck with me, which is about when you get into sort of obsessive thinking about sort of your circumstances or something you want to change. And he sort of gives you just like a very binary option, which is if you know what the problem is or you know what the thing is that is occupying your thoughts, like make a change, like activate something, make a change or choose to forget about it, accept it. But there is no point in sitting that middle ground. And it's kind of this very simplistic but i find it to be quite helpful if something is kind of taking my time it's like we'll just fucking make the call or just take care of that thing just get that done so you're not thinking about it anymore or accept that it's never getting done which tends to be like chores housework things like that and you know you just let it go don't think about it anymore as i believe uh, eckhart tolle said and also elsa from frozen <laughs> let it go let it go brooke got in contact questions for adam hills aka will good start I mean, I I'm, <laughs> it's, it's a bit i'm a bit tired now isn't it well you know what the funny thing is i think i've leaned back into it okay i think, used to annoy you like david hasselhoff you got annoyed now you're embracing who you are i feel like i am i feel like so many people get joy out of that joke that i am now at the point of i'm russell crowe's one heart at a time yeah about me and adam hills <laughs> we've been making a lot of jokes about it on gruen like we talked about his ad that he did for australia where he's got the beard and like i just came off the back and went like firstly i look great with a beard <laughs> you know like we're doing the jokes now the other night he was plugging the spicks and specs special and i was like i had a great time taping this <laughs> like i'm just really like running with it now and it seems to bring people joy so who am i to deny them that Hey guys, found out tonight that Spicks and Specs is coming back next year. Since everything is making a comeback or a reunion, do you think Glasshouse will ever do something like this? Thank you and all the best for Christmas. Um, it'll be 20 year anniversary of Glasshouse, I think on August 19 or something like that. I wrote it down the other day, what the 20 year anniversary of us starting doing that show is. So it's next year. So I would love to do something. When do you like a live show or something? Do you do something different? I mean, Corinne's a do lawyer. It a, do it in a brick house. Corinne's a lawyer, you know, like with a family. Doing a courthouse. <laughs> or maybe it's just literally in a glass house. Yeah, like with plants and shit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In my attic. <laughs> All sweating Surrounded and stuff. Surrounded by hydroponic equipment. Off. Butterflies get landing on your nose. Um, 
it would be very interesting because I think that probably more than any other show I've done, we've all gone off in really different directions since then and done a whole bunch of really different things. So the idea of getting back together and seeing what was there is very interesting to me. At the very least, I'd like to get them both on my podcast or something like that to celebrate it. Is a glass house like a prison for a plant? Like you think about it, they're in this case where mm. they're getting all the sunshine and they're getting watered, protected for the elements, but they can't grow wild. Is that some kind of like devil's bargain that those plants have made? I don't think so. I think they're happy to be indoors. <laughs> you reckon? Well, we all live. You can't in, send your. We all live in houses, but you can't send. Your, we could just walk in the wild. You can't send your roots out. Have you been and outside? Spurt your spores and stuff like that. I don't care. Look at it, this fucking crib I live in. It's like awesome. With like. 300 other plants, not even yeah, of your variety. I'm shooting my spores all over them. <laughs> Having a great time. You disgusting. And this kid. hot house orgy. You're I don't gross. know what you're talking about out there in the elements. It's like windy and rainy and like like birds peck you and shit. That's bullshit, man. Alex, g'day, cobbers. I will say, I think it would be a great time for a uh, some sort of hilarious ABC panel show that yeah had comedians on it and... Was, yeah, I think it would be the perfect time for something like that. You're absolutely right. G'day, Cobbers. Long-time teabagger. First time to fom, to, fom, to fop respondent. Just received my TOEFOP 100 Patreon perk. Feels like Christmas came early. On the, to- on the subject of Christmas, it seems more and more shows are dipping their toes into the lucrative-themed board game market. Okay. Thus, my question, if you were to launch a TOEFOP board game, what would, be some, what would some key aspects be? How would you win? What, would, what TOEFOP tropes would be covered um, bonus points, how much money would you lose per unit? Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. You've passed go. Yeah. Charlie's thought of a new way to raise money. You lose $200. <laughs> I think one, uh, one non-negotiable, we will be slowly rotating Kathy Bates in the center of the board. I think you can have some fun with this. I uh, immediately thought of Mousetrap. If you ever like, if you ever watched the ads for Mousetrap, it seemed like really fun. And, you know, there's like balls right going on ramps and stuff. But anytime one of your mates had it, you're always missing a piece you could only half build like the bucket and the slide and all that kind of stuff. That's what the TOEFOP board game should be. Like we make a great 30 second ad where it looks awesome and there's lots of things that go whiz and the Kathy Bates that spins around. But when you get it, it's already broken. It makes no sense. The pieces don't fit. What about, here's what I'm thinking we could easily do. Um, TOEFOP against humanity. Yep. That's easy. So, Everybody has their cards, like Cards Against Humanity style. And somebody's got like the TOEFOP premise. And then you have to complete with like on your card. What said. So I've got time, like, you know, I am tra- traveling back in time with. And then you've got to put down the card that best suits the TOEFOP rip that would have happened. That's exactly it. And that takes care of the tropes. Brilliant. There you go. Let's see how much money we can lose on that. <laughs> Heaps when we get sued by Cards Against Humanity. Uh, this is from Meryl. I think it's Meryl Streep. Streep? Probably. How well written was the letter? We'll see. I, bl- I believe... Oh, hang on. No, I forget it. That's a macho fop. Okay. Sorry. Too late, Meryl. Too late, Meryl. Um, okay, this is from Sarah. Hey, guys. Just wanted to email you after hearing your podcast mic t-shirt head-turning moment. So for those of you who didn't hear last week... Uh, podcast Mike debuted his head-turning outfit, which turned out to be a bit of TOEFOP merch. And if you'd like such merch, you should just go to redbubble.com. You can find uh, James Fosdark's page there. Plenty of TOEFOP merch. Really cool stuff. Good presents for yourself. Mike's genuine excitement over his TOEFOP t-shirt was great. I expressed the same excitement when I finally purchased mine. 
I opted for the paper beats the rock shirt, thinking people might see this not only as a great joke, because it is, but also show my love for Tofop. Much like Mike's non-head-turning moment, mine went down without much fizzle. My friends and family were sufficiently confused and concerned when I wear this shirt out. Not only do I have to describe what is happening to The Rock, which, uh, as we know, only makes jokes funnier, but why I bought it. (laughs) I love it lots, but my husband has respectfully asked me to stop wearing it in public as he cringes when I try to describe this podcast. You know what? Sarah, I cringe when I have to describe this podcast, and I'm on it. Much like, uh, much like he asked me to turn Tofop off when I'm listening to it in the car. Yeah, don't listen to it in the car. I mean, even really good podcasts, it's hard to make your partner listen to because it's such an acquired taste. Even like the NPR ones, if, unless you've clarified with them that this is what I'm going to listen to, no one wants to hear your podcast, I don't feel like. I also think that if you think the podcast is funny, you suddenly realise how many gaps between it being funny there are when you're listening to it yeah, with somebody this, else. Yeah, yeah, especially if you've heard it before. Ugh. Despite this negativity, my brother-in-law recently let me know he's been listening to some Tofop-Fop. All since Will's part in Little Dum Dum Club masked pegged eps. All since Will's part in the Little Dum Dum Club's masked pegged So, the Little Dum Dum Club did a... Masked pegs. Yes. So, they did a competition called the Masked Pegger. (laughs) Now, (laughs) I'm going to get you to speculate because I listen to the podcast so I know exactly what's going on. You don't. So you don't know what's going on at all. So if I tell you that another podcast ran a competition for weeks where they got the audience to identify who the masked pegger was, what happened? What is that competition and what happened? (laughs) So are they running it on the show? On the show. Are they nominating celebrities? Like, so do they nominate a celebrity and say which one of these is pegging someone? Okay, Okay, so it turns out that Tommy's been talking about ages that 2020 might have been the year where he and his girlfriend, they talked about pegging and whether that they would try. I wouldn't so, say, okay, I would never have gotten it. So it's a, no, I realise that. And that's why I've jumped in with the explanation. I was like, this is going to take too long. Um, so uh, so he brought it up early in the year that he and his girlfriend have been talking about the idea that they might try pegging. And it became a bit of a like, you know, a running conversation about whether they'd done it. And then they kind of got to the point where they decided they probably weren't going to do it. Right. But Carl was disappointed by this. Yeah. So he got a person who had appeared on the Little Dum Dum Club to make a like version of their own penis to try to encourage this would like this to happen, right? Like that if it was going to happen, That's it would amazing. happen with a mold. A mold of one of the previous guests on the podcast and then they ran a competition for people to guess. So they did a series of clues, masked singer style, where right. they were these like, you know, you had to try to guess who it was. And then they did a reveal did episode. Did you see the penis? Or the mold? It got described. It was there. So like each week, it would be part of the conversation and okay. people would talk about it and they would describe it and they would guess who it was and these sort of things. So anyway, they did a reveal episode and they did a false reveal where I uh, claimed it was me. <laughs> And had convincing arguments for why all the clues That's led to it being me. And it was, the best thing about it was the reveal. Like I, so Josh Earl and Brett Blake, I think are on the episode, right? And so 
they don't know. They just know that the person who comes up on screen next is the person who it was or supposedly the person who it was. And so I come up and they start losing their shit. And then I play along for like five, oh, ten wow. minutes, right? So what I, of course, got was so many people messaging me on Instagram or Twitter immediately when they heard it was me without having listened to the next ten minutes. And then about 10 minutes later, messages from people going, oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> literally so many people were just like, I can't believe it's you. I can't believe that you did this. And then like 10 minutes later, oh yeah, I listened to the next 10 minutes. Sarah finishes by saying, I finally became a Patreon this month. Thanks for all you do and can't wait for more eps. You got me through a year, the year with all your mindless ramblings. Love your work. From Sarah, not a doctor, but a teacher. Yep, happy to have a teacher on board. And happy that my fine work pretending to be the masked pegger has brought another listener <laughs> to the show. Uh, this is from first name Anoni, surname Mus. Mus, okay, of the Mus family. Thank you. I wanted to write and simply say thank you. This year has been shit for way too many reasons. With a lot of downtime this year, I've managed to listen to over 150 episodes of Tofop and ventured into other pods of the Tofopiverse, even unearthing some of Charlie's old That's Awesome. You guys talking shit while I go on with my day and my he- with my headphones on has become a form of therapy for me. I know you guys have done these pods for, for mir- you said a myriad, I'm just going to do a bit of editorializing, mm. for myriad reasons. Oh. Over the years, obviously not because, uh, just because they are highly lucrative, <laughs> but I would like to know, you to know that it has really meant something to me this year. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank I, you. I Look, I, uh, I echo your sentiments to all my favorite podcasters out there and there's a bunch out there. Uh, like it is very comforting and I feel like I have like friendships with these people even though we don't actually talk to them. And yeah, I recently needed to get my head in a different space, particularly around, um, you know, performing and I was starting to worry that I was, you know, like I had a conversation with somebody who literally said to me, I was like, oh yeah, I just don't know when I'm going to go back and do shows. I still feel like really hesitant about it or blah, blah, blah. And they literally just said to me, mate, Everyone else is back. <laughs> you are the only person who has decided not to come back. Come back. And I'm not ready to do that quite yet, but I've started the process of trying to get my head ready for that. And there are certain podcasts, Pete Holmes's You Made It Weird, I always find, because a lot of time it is with comedians who I really love, but they're talking about life and it starts to get your creative process going. Uh, Stuart Goldsmith's uh, Comedians Comedian Pod I absolutely love I've dipped back into WTF I've even listened to a couple episodes of Tim Ferriss's podcast I find him a bit I, he's just not my quite my taste but he gets some great people on the podcast and they have interesting conversations the Jerry Seinfeld one was super fascinating so if I end up doing a whole bunch of shows next year, like I should say a genuine thank you to some of those podcasts that have kind of got my head back in the game. And there's uh, one podcast in particular we should take a moment to talk about, which is uh, The Weekly Planet. Yes. Uh, Mr. Sunday Movies, James and Nick Maso Mason. Um, we've been part of Planet Broadcasting for three, almost four years now, uh, and it's been fantastic. Um, but we made a decision uh, about uh, two months ago that TOFOP, now that we have our flash website and we're doing a lot more shows now um as we'll mention the patreon has enabled us to be more productive this year we've decided that we want to stand on our own two feet and so you know we spoke to claire and james and everyone's very cool there's no they were amazing absolutely no bad blood we just sort of felt like we uh, wanted to take everything back under the tofop umbrella and so we'll be on our own uh next year but still very strong relationship with Planet Broadcasting. Well, uh, we love those guys. Yeah. Love what we're fans before we even yeah. joined the network. 
and love their shows. The Weekly Planet's still just one of the best podcasts in the world as far as I'm concerned. But like they've curated, you know, an incredible world of their own there. Yeah. And we want to, you know, kind of do a version of that ourselves. Yeah. You know, much more just with the stuff that we do in our world, mm. like a, a kind of mini version of that. But they have been nothing but firstly amazing about the fact that it was the right thing and the right time for us to do it. But then to follow that up with so much great advice around what we could do and yeah. how potentially it would work. And yeah, they've just been amazing and we couldn't have more love for them and the time that we've spent as part of their network. It's just, we only had one podcast out of all our shows that wasn't in the same place and it just made everything um, more difficult for us to be able to yeah. do some of the things that we want to end up doing. So um, yeah, absolutely no bad blood at all. And in fact, I look forward to having all those guys you know, on the shows that we're making as well. So yeah, yeah, the, uh, uh, yeah we're, we're still going to have a relationship. We'll still be doing crossovers and stuff. But yeah. as for now, we're, we're on our own. And I remember, because we often, we, you know, we'd have periodic meetings, me, you and Sam, where we talk about what we're going to do with the show. And about a year ago, we were sort of talking about where we're at with Planet Broadcasting. And I remember you saying, oh, the, the reason we need to stay there is they're just cool. Like yeah. it makes us look a bit cooler, you know, by standing in their shadow. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We felt like we were part of the cool group for, for a period of time. Thank you for letting these old men. Well, these old, there we, was a touch of that though. Yeah, like we were the, the Mr. Buildings to their yeah. Saved by the Bell. I feel like they're going to be a bit cooler now that we're not there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were taking a little bit of their cool away, I think. We're the, we're the dude at every teenage party you go to. There's a guy yeah. who's just a little bit too old to be there. Yeah. The mate. Is he hitting on the girls? That's a bit weird. Are Will and Charlie <laughs> just here to buy us beer? Yeah. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the guy the time we started our podcast? Yeah. yeah. 2010, man. Yeah, okay, man. <laughs> Always talking about the glory years. You know, back then there was like three podcasts. It was Kevin Smith, Joe Rogan, and us. And we're still here, man. We're still here. Yeah, but Joe Rogan's yeah. a multimillionaire. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if we hadn't Kevin thrown Smith's our back like out a multimillionaire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If we hadn't thrown our tonsils out back yeah. in 04, we could have we could have gone anywhere. <laughs> Uh, all right, so this uh, letter from uh, Anonymous finishes on a positive note. This year has just started to turn around a little for me as my wife and I have found out we're having our first baby. We haven't told our folks yet, uh, hence why my name is Anonymous, but I'm so excited to have to I have to tell someone. And of course, having been smashing Charlie's other pod, Dad Pod, in preparation... Um, so I should be all set as a father. Wish me luck, guys. You got this, man. Good luck, man. It's very cool. And how exciting. Hopefully, uh, you know, I don't know if she's coming around Christmas time, but uh, you might have the Messiah on your hands. I mean, lower your expectations. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Could happen. Could happen. Um, all right, that's it. Thank you, everyone, for uh, listening to Top Up this year. We've, we've gone on about it, but your support has been amazing. And, uh, you know, part of the reason we're able to be so productive this year and we want to keep making more stuff. So um, enjoy your break. There will yeah, be some... it's been amazing. Like, I mean, I know, yes, we have said this before, but I think it's worth saying again, which yeah. is in this dumpster fire is the popular <laughs> parlance of a year, but like it's been a really hard time. And, um, you know, it's probably been as beneficial to have this to be able to do mm as it has, like, hopefully it has been for the people who've been listening to it as well. So I want to say, you know, not only I hope that you guys have got something out of it, but I certainly know that this is my favorite. I think this is probably, of all the years that we've done the show, this is probably my favorite year. I just feel like the things we've talked about, the fun I've had, the way that I've looked forward to it this year, like it never felt like, even when we had to squeeze it in, it mm. never felt like something that we were just squeezing in at all this year. And so it's been really great. And I'm I'm really excited about 
the opportunity in 2021 like you know the fact that we're you know closer in proximity to be able to create stuff together and you know we want to do some live work once you know we can we can everyone's back out there mate <laughs> <laughs> little dum dum club did a fucking live podcast in melbourne on the weekend i mean pandemic or not it is funny how when you actually sort of concentrate and put yeah. uh, energy into something <laughs> sometimes it can work yeah and we can only do that with your support because yeah. the only way we can justify the time we spend on it to our partners is if it at least pays for itself yeah. so patreon.com slash tofop is the place to go to support I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want, it's up to you.